Yeah, I got it. As the famous Todd Gurley once said, Gator Chomp, no more. Those guys are not on our level. It's it's plain and simple. Like it's not even worth mentioning Florida in the same breath as us at this point. They are an afterthought. There, there was two years ago where there's a, there's a similar team in the East that I think is on this path where I, there's two years ago where, where Florida beats us and all of a sudden they've closed the gap and then they have this great team. And then it just all crumbles. Uh, Florida is in a bad, bad place right now. They're terrible. Um, it, it's awesome to see. I love it. Um, I grew up in an era where Florida was really, really good. And it sucked. And it was tough to even watch everything happen because Florida, you knew we were just going to lose to Florida. No more. They're a dumpster fire. Kirby owns them. The best part about Kirby Smart is he loves to beat Florida just like us. He's one of us. He's the best. With that intro, I tell you that this is the Baxter Street Boys. Um, I'm your host, Cole Wilcox. I'm usually joined always by Jake Gordon, but he is not here today. He's off doing big boy stuff. Um, so it's just me and Griff today. Uh, we're going to bring you the bring you the recap from the Florida game. Uh, it was it was an awesome one. It's going to be fun to talk about because anytime you beat those guys, it's a great time. But before we get into it, I got to talk to you about Turtle Box. And if you're watching on YouTube, it's right back there. Look how beautiful it is. Post it up in my dad's office. Uh, that's how nice it is. You can put it in an office setting. You can put it in a tailgate setting and an office setting. No matter what it is, it's the best speaker on the planet. If you don't believe me, buy one and try it out for yourself. If I had another turtle box, I could put it in the other corner, pair them both up to the same phone, play the same music, surround sound. They're great. Waterproof. I mean, you could you could hit it with a baseball bat, I think. It's, it's about as resistant as it gets. Uh, they're durable, they're beautiful, and they play really, really good music. Go to code, go to turtleboxaudio.com, code BSB10, and get 10% off of all purchases. That's all I got. Let's talk some ball, baby. We just stepped on their face with a hobnail boot and broke their nose. We just crushed their face. Defense, 40, 30, they won't catch him. Go, Swift, into the end zone. Touchdown! The freshman just ran it back to Philadelphia. Throws near sideline, and it's intercepted. Intercepted, Keely Ringo at the 21. Off he goes, 40, 50, 45, 40, 35, 30, near sideline. Breaks the tackle, 20, 15, 10, 5. Touchdown, 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 Georgia. I know I'm asking a lot, you guys, but hunker it down one more time. Sometimes I get so caught up in like thinking about what like what's gonna happen this year, you know, stressing out a little bit, and I think back to you know six months ago, and I'm just like, ah, who really cares, you know? Like, you know, we we have a ring, we have yeah, I, I, we awesome. we achieved the pinnacle of you know in our lifetime. It, it always felt so close. And mm-hmm. so reachable. But also so far away. It. Yeah. It also but, felt so far away. And then last year, we just absolutely dominated everybody. So We used to have the discussion, you know, would we ever get one in our lifetime? And then – And then we did. Kane Kirby brought it home, man. That was awesome. That was awesome. But this is 2022. The dogs are now what, Griff? 8-0. They're 20-0 and in their last regular season – 20 regular season games? Uh, Yeah, that is correct. Yep. That's incredible. That, that is really incredible, guys. Like, you can go back a little further than that, too. Because right, the end of the season. But, like, we, we focus so much on looking at the next game, and, and we've been looking forward to this Tennessee game for three weeks now, and understandably so. But sometimes, like, yeah, I feel like you just have to reflect on what, what we've done the past two years. And it, it's we're in uncharted waters. Like, who's the last team to go undefeated in back-to-back regular seasons? Obviously, we have, a lot, we have a lot of stuff to get through to get there. 
But just the fact that he's put us in this position, we've won our first eight games. There's four games. We're four games away from going back to back undefeated seasons. That is insane. Just take a moment and appreciate what we're watching because it's fun. It is really, really fun. I mean, there's there was people on Twitter legitimately upset with a 22 point win over Florida. There, I. I will never, I will never be one of those. I'm just gonna be honest with you. I will never we beat Florida by three. We beat them by fifty. I'm, I'm happy camper. Those guys, I, I want no part of Florida. So I mean, I get like criticizing like stuff like, like you know when you need to like get better at things. But like a win, when you win every game by one point, you win the national championship. I mean, yeah, like, I, I didn't expect to get started off with with this Kirby Smart talk, really. But like, seriously, what an unbelievable job he's done. Like you think oh, really? back to the hire, and there was a lot of people un- unhappy with the hire, which that goes for all hires. People are going to be upset about it. But you, you hire a guy with no head coaching experience. Um, obviously, he sat under the greatest coach of all time for for multiple years. Saw how it worked, and we're seeing now how vital he was to even Nick Saban's success. Like, like I was, I'm working out with guys right now who are big Bama fans, and they were, they literally talked about it today, word for word. They're like, "Man, we used to just recruit." big time linebackers we used to have the best linebackers in the country and i'm just down there i'm doing my own thing and i'm like what do y'all think changed and they're like yeah we know we know what changed like like, Bama fans want it so bad they wanted kirby to not be good so bad because they knew what he was capable of on the recruiting trail they knew what kind of defenses he could build and now he's done it they don't like it and he is here to stay for a really really long time shout out to kirby you have made georgia fans life so much better so much better. Oh so much gosh. better. And not that we, we're not a Mark Rick hater podcast, but it was time to move on at that point. It's just and different, man. Year it's one different. wasn't all sunshines and robot and roses, but it was awful actually. It, it was it was not fun. But you know, Griff, that's that's one of the things too, where like I see people all the time start judging coaches off their first year. Like you see all these people talking about Cristobal his first year, and you see all these people talking about Sarkeesian last year after his first year, and and even Venables at Oklahoma, like, pump the brakes a little bit. Like, you can't come in, even with all the talent in the world, you have to change some things. Like, Venables and Lincoln Riley could not be two more opposite coaches. It's going to take a long time to shift that culture to how he wants it. Like, first, yeah. if you're a fan of a first-year coach team, and I, I had Notre Dame fan who all offseason, all offseason, I'm rehabbing with this kid. And he's, I said, what's a realistic goal for Notre Dame? He's like 11-1. and one. I'm like, no, dude, be serious. I'm like, think about the first game of Ohio State. I was like, realistically, what would be a win in that game? And he's like, win the game. I was like, dude, like, come on. And then he texts me the other day, and he's like, you're right. Notre Dame's a joke. And he's like, I don't know why I got all excited. I'm like, it happens in every fan base. You you expect way too high of a first-year coach. You get humbled. You think you suck, but it's all going to be okay. You're going to be fine. Just give it – you got to give it like two or three years to really evaluate. I mean, Kirby in year two did. I mean, exactly. Josh Heupel. Yeah, Josh Heupel in year two, which you know, I don't want to say anything good about them at all, but so it has been an incredible. Fan, if you're a Florida fan, give it a half a second. We never, we don't know what big Billy Bags has got, but whew, that program's in shambles right now. Here's how I wanted to start this podcast, and I appreciate everybody in the live chat already. I see, I see y'all getting after it in there. We're about to move y'all here in a second. Here's my question, Griff, and used to. It was a thing that we kind of laughed at. Uh, we kind of chuckled, and it was kind of fun to think about. But it is officially getting serious. And this is a serious question. This is not tongue-in-cheek. 
when Brock Bat when someone uses a top five pick on Brock Bowers next year, will he leave as the greatest player to ever wear the Georgia uniform? Greatest, greatest is is tough because you got a guy like I mean you got Herschel Walker, which you know we weren't okay. alive during yes. that era, and you got he Herschel was, Walker. He you was, got Herschel Walker, and he's a folk legend, and and our and our the generation speak for himself. Yes, at themselves. It's the generation before us. Yeah, they grew up watching Herschel. He was the best. He was one of the best college football players of all time. But Brock Bowers has played what twenty two games, and yeah. he can't be stopped. Ever nothing. Yeah, it's that fourth down play. After that, I was just like, we just do a fade on fourth down. Like I know it was a free play, but we were going to him anyway. Yeah, like it was it, just like, oh my, what do you do? You don't. You can't. You can't do anything. There's nothing you can do about that guy. And that, that what's so crazy about it is like I know tight ends have like become a lot more of a, a thing in the offenses nowadays than they used to be. But it's still not a position that like gets the ball as much as like a running back or a wide receiver. And the fact that he can affect the game the way that he does is so impressive. If you're it, questioning this, just think about Brock Bowers not on our offense and what it would look like. Like seriously, think about that for a second. Like, and, and then quickly get it out of your mind because you're going to get real scared and start sweating yeah. a little bit. But like, we. We have a really good offense. We have, I think, we're second in in. We're second in total offense in terms second of yards. In total offense. <laughs> in terms of yards. Seriously, think about what that number would be without Brock Bowers, because I don't know if it's in the top ten. Personally, I really, really yeah. not. It, it's. I mean, and I love really... Todd Monken. I love the guy to death. I think he's unbelievable. But from All the first long... day he stepped foot on campus, he was the lead target against Clemson. Yeah, I mean, it's when you think about. Brock Bowers, all right, take him out of the equation right now or all season long. If you, you don't have A.D. Mitchell because he's been hurt, who who's your number one option? It, when Because you can't count running backs for this, really. I mean, we have talented backs. Obviously, Kenny and Dejon would carry a lot of the load. But, I mean. Terrifying, man. It's Lad a terrifying is, thought. Lad's your number one. Lad is great. But as a first option on to throw the ball to, like. I think we would see stuff. so many, like, just – differences in the offense without Brock Bowers. Just to, when he's on the field, we've talked about this before, when he's on the field, so many things open up. He's he's awesome. He's awesome. I love Brock Bowers. He's so fun to watch. <clears throat> he's yeah, absolutely awesome. dominant. <clears throat> All right, Griff, keep me off with some stats about the game. All right, well, uh, we only allowed 100 rushing yards in this game. And Florida's rushing attack, I think I had it written down from the last one, It they averaged like 200. 13 yards in the rush game all season. So, I mean, literally half of that. That's pretty impressive. Yeah. And then AR had 271 yards passing, 18 for 37 completion. That's, you know, not very good. But it it didn't feel as dominant on defense as it really was, I think. Well, for about six minutes of the game, it didn't. The first half – the first half of the game was about as dominant as I've seen us all year. Like that was just, that was up there with the Oregon first half. Yeah, that's about as good as you can play. It really was. Like it, we, it ends twenty eight to three. They couldn't. I tweeted that on our account. I said this game's over. You could give them the ball a hundred times and they wouldn't get past the fifty. It was suffocating. Um, you just saw a different energy than we've seen for for a couple of weeks now. That energy was gone when they came out of halftime and like. Like you want to think that oh you know these guys are different you know they they're they're never gonna let up they're human beings 
if you're up 28 to three going in the locker room on a team that you've just physically dominated for a while, like it's easy to let up a little bit. You have the, you have a giant game coming up. You can, you can say, oh, you know, you don't focus on that game. You're humans. You're going to focus on that game. And, and right when, when you execute the game plan to perfection for 15, 30 minutes in a row and you go to the locker room, it's like, all right, you know, it's time, it's time to get right for Tennessee. And you come back out, and this is how you know we're really good. You come back out, Florida kicks us in the mouth, it like wakes us up, and then it's like, oh, oh, we should start playing again. And then we just touchdown, stop, touchdown, get ball game. So I, I, there's a lot of talk about that period in the third quarter. I don't – I genuinely – and I'm a guy who, who worries about some things like that. I genuinely have no worry in my mind about that at all. I mean, and we know what led to it. I mean, the turnovers. I yeah, mean, I, that that's a different topic that I am concerned about. That I mean, we turned the ball over three times and got no turnovers. And the first in, in the first half, we turned the ball over once, but it didn't matter because our defense was just so nails at that point in the game. But I mean, when you come out in the second half and you turn the ball over two times like that, it's just it's tough for your de- that that's hard on your defense. Yeah. And you know, you got to help them out some there especially, but they played tremendously, I thought. I I really didn't have much gripes with them. You know, that so one play. Yeah. But yeah. Okay, let's talk about that. Let's talk about some of the ins and outs. Um, it did seem like there were some guys open. AR missed a lot of them, and then they didn't hit the big play. But we can't compare week to week. Like, you you see, no. people were seeing some of those people open and was like, oh, well, those imagine next week against Tennessee, they're going to be wide open. The defense that we played against Florida – and the defense that we will play against Tennessee will be night and day. We were not at all, at all concerned with Florida's passing attack. Like it was, we're going to sell out to stop the run. That's all they can do. That's all they want to do. And if they just consistently beat us over the top, whatever, you know, it's like tip your cap. Cause you just knew they weren't going to do it. You just knew yeah. they weren't going to do it. They hit one big play. Kirby hates big plays. I know who's pissed. Somebody did bust the coverage, but it was just island coverages. It was just two people out there like, hey, two on two. Don't let him buy you. He got by us. Big play. So be it. I don't think there's going to be many people on islands this, uh, on Saturday against Tennessee. Nope. There's going to be a lot of help. And we'll, talk, and we'll talk a lot about Tennessee later, but I just want to throw that out there and so you can rest easy. Like, it's not the same defense we're going to see. Yeah. But here's Johnny Bolton in the live in the live chat. We cannot turn it over versus Tennessee. Yeah, let's talk about the turnovers. The turnovers are concerning. They uh, were, I don't know about you, Griff. They're, they're concerning. They were not good. They were bad turnovers too. I mean, Kenny Mack. I trust Kenny Mack not to fumble the football against Tennessee. Like I trust our running backs a, a lot to like not do that stuff against Tennessee. I mean, you know, it happens every now and then. I think the fact that it happened in the Florida game, you know, law of averages just might just show you that it's not going to happen in Tennessee. Just, <clears throat> the idea that Kenny Mack or Dejon is going to turn the ball over, like, I don't know. I trust those guys. Can you find the season-long um, turnovers? Plus, like, what what are we at in the turnover battle for the whole season? I'd like to uh, see that. Yeah, I'll look it up. Keep looking, and I'll keep talking. They're just I, – I don't know. And, and it's like in periods where we just kind of – we go in these stale, like, kind of lifeless stages where we just start turning the ball over. It's like we don't really care anymore. And, and it's 
if if you do something consistently, it, it's going to show up when you don't want it to. Like, if you here's an example: if you cuss all the time, if you, if you're just an absolute potty mouth that you don't want to do it around your parents, that's borderline impossible. But if you're with your buddies and you're just you know f bomb this, f bomb that, and you get around your parents and, and you try to limit all that, it, one's going to slip. One's going to freaking slip. So if if we just if we turn the ball over, regardless of the situation, whenever that is, that's going to show up. Like we have to take better care of the ball. It, it, it's not a negotiable. It's not negotiable. You think back to last year, our offense, we never turned the ball over. And you can say what you want about the offense slow. You know, is it's not modernized. Blah blah blah. We didn't turn the ball over, and we didn't put our defense in bad situations. But there were times where maybe we did turn it over, and, and if we did, the defense was bailing us out. And they can do that. But, but if you just consistently put them in that situation, you can't expect them to continually bail you out. So we have to take better care of the ball regardless of who we're playing. We've seen that. We've seen it against Missouri. We've seen it against Kent State. We saw it against Florida in the third quarter. Bad teams win games when they win the turnover battle. And the only positive I can come out of that is we lost the turnover battle by three, and we beat Florida by 22 points. That's insane to me. That's an insane stat to me. You told me that, what, six, seven years ago that we lose a turnover – in 2022, that he's, I'm 15 years old, and somebody says, "Hey, in 2022, you will lose the turnover battle to Florida by three. What's the score?" I'd be like, "A lot to a little. We will get smacked." But that shows the talent of this team. That shows how good they can be to win that game by 22 points and get out of there with a big win. All right, so I think I think I've got it. All right, so we have forced six interceptions, given up. We've Giving up three interceptions, so stats three. So that's plus three. And then fumbles, we have gotten six fumbles. We've gotten six and lost three. So we're plus six in the turnover margin. Okay. Which, that doesn't feel near as bad as what it's felt like no. all year. No, but, but you think back to the games that we've dominated and we've been really, really good. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and it's, That's really what it is. It's, and, it's the... And, in between, it's like the Missouri game we lost turnover battle pretty badly, and then Florida game we lost turnover battle pretty badly, and those are the ones where Kent you can really see it. Kent State, yeah, we lost turnover. It was did we fumble in that game? I can't even remember. Uh, lad, twice. Yes, yeah. And so, we a pick. Yeah, so see, there it is. The three games where you yep. can really point to it. It those are the ones. Football is a very very simple game that people make complicated. You give your ball to the athletes in space and let them play. And you don't turn the ball over. If you turn the ball over, they're like that's. There's a reason that it's a that it's a cliche. There's a reason that every coach in America preaches it. Turning the ball over is a giant momentum swing. It keeps bad teams in ball games, and it gets you beat. You cannot turn the ball over, and I, I don't want to harp on this anymore because they know it, we know it. It's just, and it's not even like like you think back to the big games. We're not turning it over, but when we get up twenty eight to three, it's like. Kind of go into to cruise control, ball goes on the ground, and then that leads into an interception, and then it's just like, ugh, something's got to – it just felt nasty. Just just eliminate the turnovers, and we're going to beat everybody in the country. Everyone. And let's talk about this right here. The question at the end is, are these dogs a championship team? Yes. Yes. Are you kidding me? I mean, come on, guys. Like – We've struggled at times this year. But at the end of the day, we're 8-0, and we've got one of the most talented rosters in the country. 
And we've also got the best coach in America right now. And we've had this conversation before. Everybody's like, Nick Saban. Right now, Kirby Smart is the best coach in America. And so I trust the guy. And, you know, if you don't, then that's on you. Yeah, it's a championship team. I mean, we've seen them at at their best. And and you just look like that first half against Florida was no one in the country's beating us that half. Nobody. And – the Oregon game, nobody's been South Carolina. Like there's just there's more instances than not of, of us being dominant. Like and and Tennessee fans all week on Twitter will be pointing to those games that we weren't. We were dominant. We've been dominant most of the year. And there's there's always hiccups, but the fact that we've been able to win the hiccups proves that we are a championship team. So um what is this? If you want your t- if you want your team to succeed, show up and be louder by any means than a bunch of drunk hillbillies from Tennessee where 125 <laughs> decibels. Be a championship fan base Saturday. Be insane. Yeah, no doubt. Um, we need we, a have, we, we have to be. Team. We have to put it. We're going to talk more about that game Thursday, though, Griff. I don't want to really talk about that yeah, much yeah, anymore. Maybe on the back half. But let's talk. About it's like so game. exciting that I know we want to get into it, but we have to talk. Let's talk about the Florida game some more because that was also exciting. It was a fun game. I mean, I was there. I had a, I had some great seats right in the end zone. Brock Bowers ran right to me. Uh, it was awesome. That, that touchdown was sick. Yeah. And I, we've that. talked about Brock already, but that, that touchdown was crazy. Yeah. Um, I loved, loved watching Jalen Carter out there again. Like, yeah. it, like, it gets me excited right now. It was – he would only come on the field for third down, and he would win the rep every single time. He's so good, and, and I heard the rumors for a while that oh, he's just turned in for the year. Um, he's not taking his rehab seriously. He hadn't practiced all week, which he didn't. But he, he it doesn't matter. He's that good, and and Kirby's like, all right, hey, rest up. We're going to need you for these games. He comes back out on third down against Florida. He, he just dominates against Tennessee. He's going to be a full go, and it's going to be awesome. He's going to be awesome because without him, I would be really, really, really nervous. Really, really, really nervous. With Jalen yeah. Carter at full health, it's it's tough. It's it's, and we're going to get into more of that. But he's just so good. He's so he's good. a top five player in the country, and we've been missing him for most of the year. It's yeah. that's a big impact, and our defense has still been just smothering people. Yeah. And I don't. That's impressive. There's not another team in the country who can lose their best defensive player, their most impactful player on defense, and still do that. You're right. You're 100% right. Um, and a lot of talk about Nolan Smith's health this week. I got a question in the live chat. Is Nolan Smith definitely out on Saturday? No. He's not definitely out on Saturday. Uh, I, I know Nolan Smith, and I know the kind of guy he is. And he is going to do – if Nolan Smith doesn't play on Saturday, you can rest assured that he exhausted every – possible outcome to get on the field he he is a true dog through and through i would not be the least bit surprised if we see nolan smith out there playing on saturday um from the, from the people i've talked to today it's ah you know he might be out he's probably gonna be out there's just a bunch of different adjectives or adverbs whatever that is and the only guy who knows is nolan smith when he wakes up on saturday and that's that's how it's gonna be however he feels uh, hopefully he feels great. Hopefully I doctor him up. I mean, we got some of the best medical staff in the country. Ron Corson will be taking care of him all week. So we'll see. We'll see on Saturday. But Nolan is definitely an integral part of our defense. I uh, mean, you know, he's, he, he he's a big factor to have on the field. Obviously, he's an incredible player, and I think that he has first-round talent. But also, 
at the end, like if he doesn't end up being if he doesn't end up being able to play on Saturday, he still affects the game. He is a leader, and those guys rally behind him, and they're still going to rally behind him regardless of whether he's on the field or not. And, yep. So let's hope that he is. Yeah. Uh, more on defense, man. JDJ's the truth. Like he he's truth. the truth. He does. Yeah, man. Smile played really good. Yeah, and, and smile. It's like it's like this guy's going to be really good. Like that's you just watch him and you're like, man, this guy's gonna be awesome. JDJ is there, and he's I, I trust our linebacker core so much, and, and just the way way they fill holes, um, the way they they drop in coverage, they're just really really good. Uh, I'm excited to see how those two guys keep progressing as the year goes on and next year. Uh, and then I thought I thought the secondary had a pretty good day. Uh, they, they obviously there was a busted play. Malachi Starks got sucked up. But I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and and harp on Malachi Starks making a a, a bust. Like, yeah. I mean, come on, he's, he's, he's been, been he's been all good all year, entire single year. So uh, I thought uh, I thought I thought Bullard I was very proud of us. I thought Bullard and Chris Smith played really yes. good. Yes, they always do. Then those two guys have been great. They've been awesome. Chris Smith is he's he's a guy who I would never have expected to be a top draft pick, but he's gonna be he's gonna be pushing for a day one pick. Like the, he, he's been he's been that good. He's really good. I and yeah, I I just trust these guys so much. Like they're they're all they all seem like seasoned vets out there. And I know not all of them are. Like not all of Malachi Sarks and Javon Bullard are, you know, young guys, but they play like they're freaking been playing mm-hmm. for you. Kamari Laster is is awesome. He's awesome. He is incredible. Kamari Laster is our best cornerback right now. And he's I, the I guy who, really at the beginning of the season, you saw people try to pick on, and then it just wasn't working. And it's like, okay, well, we got to go somewhere else. Uh, he, yeah. He's we, – we, I'm feeling very good about where we are in the secondary, and I'm I'm feeling great. I just I, I walked away from Saturday feeling very good about the defense. I'll say that. Let's talk about some too. offense, though. Yeah, because we we've kind of we've kind of talked bad about the offense. I feel like so far, but they did a lot of things well on Saturday. I mean, they scored forty two points. So from that Missouri fourth quarter, the offensive line has been downright dominant. They've been unreal. dominant. We and that was what we wanted coming into the season. We're like, listen, the tight ends are getting all this talk, deservedly so. The offensive line could be the position that carries us to a championship. Yeah, and the way they have been playing, I, I don't know if it was a. I, I don't know what it was that changed in that fourth quarter. I don't know if it was just somebody stepping up and saying, hey, we got to be better, dig deep, do it for your brother. I don't know what it was, but, man, they have made life so much easier. Stett didn't get close to being touched on Saturday against a Florida mm-hmm. team that has a decent pass rush. I mean, they have the GOAT, Brenton Cox, who is – Yeah, exactly. Sad, yeah, sadly, rest in peace. Um, you know, <laughs> he, not, he's not- – not actually, but yeah, he 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 is maybe. he is not playing college football at the moment. Um, they've just like I mean the pushes they they change the line of scrimmage by two yards every single play on on rushes. Uh, Sesson doesn't get touched like I already said. They they've made the offense so much better these last few weeks, and that has that has given me so much confidence moving forward. Yeah, I mean we we ran for two hundred thirty nine yards on the ground, averaging six yards a carry. I, if you get six yards every time you run the football, you can't you will not lose. You can't lose unless you turn the ball over with that. You won't lose. Like that's that's big boy football. So that's great to see. I love this question up here. It's catching on. Who is the best, most exciting Kirby Smart Death March running back? And he named <laughs> all of our running backs. Honestly, like what's so special about the Kirby Smart Death March is by the fourth quarter, by that time, we have more depth. 
we have physically beat the people up front, and it really doesn't even matter because our offensive line is just going to move people. Um, I, I love the I love a good bruiser on the death march. Uh, I'll never ever ever for the when I'm on my deathbed and somebody says ask me about something about like and they mentioned death march maybe somebody asked me who was your favorite <laughs> death march. It'll be when Zamir White just took it down Bama's throat. I was going to say the same thing. It was so fun to watch. There was just nothing they could do about it. He was just right. But that's what's special about it. And I do love a good bruiser for the death march because it just adds to the physicality that we have. But that the offensive line is what makes the death march special because in the depth that Kirby has built. So it doesn't even matter. I, I, I cannot wait. I cannot wait to see the death march in Athens on Saturday come the fourth quarter. When we're yep. up by 10 points, and then we're just freaking marching it right down their throat, right down their throat. And they can't do anything about it. They're just getting put on their backs. They're getting drove back four yards as we just march it right down their freaking throat. Yeah, I've seen some stuff about AD in here too, Cole. Let's well, talk AD. Yeah, Let's talk I AD. Mean, we haven't seen him in a while. I mean, well, I mean, I guess we did see him against Auburn, but. Yeah, he did play against good. Auburn. So, like, it's one of those weird things, man. Like, ankle sprains are not good, that they can linger. Um, I didn't. The, the exact quote I got today was, he told me he's playing, but that could be optimistic. So, AD wants to play, and, and if I had to bet, I think he's going to play because I thought he's going to play against Florida too, though, so I wouldn't take that bet if I'm you. But I think we're going to see AD Mitchell in Athens on Saturday. And I think that's a big deal, too. Oh, it's a huge I, deal. Huge I mean, I think we've kind of forgotten about just how good he really is and how good we thought he was going to be this year just because we haven't seen him a whole lot. But against Oregon, he was a big playmaker. And, I mean, at the end of the year last year, he felt like the go-to guy when we really needed a catch. Like, Yeah, no, he's 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 a guy who could be a true number one wide receiver. Having him on the field is is very, very big. So, yeah, I would love to see AD, but like 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 you said, I don't – I can't give you a definitive answer on, on AD. I, I'm just like you guys. I hope he plays. Let's talk about receivers, though. Lad – like it's frustrating. It was frustrating when he dropped the pass, and it's like, come on, man! Like, like get it together. And then he flipped the switch, and it looked like, oh well, here's Lad. He's back. Like he yep. was making plays, making guys miss, um, going up and getting balls. I, I think it was just one of those days, and and it was just like the offensive line. It's like, all right, this is a line in the sand right here. I'm done with the bull crap. Give me the ball. Let me go make a play. <clears throat> and he did. Yeah. And I I now have no more words about 84. Like there was just something different. When he went to the locker room at halftime, he came out and something was different. I don't know what it was, but hey, we, we might have just an unbelievable mental skills motivator on our team. <laughs> yeah, that we don't know about that can just like go do work their little voodoo magic on whoever it is <laughs> and just flip them into shape. Uh, there's a question about Tennessee. Uh, are we going to slow? The, are we going to try to eat clock and slow the game down versus Tennessee, or beat them at their own game? You'll have to come Thursday to find out when we will have all the answers for that. Yeah. And More on Florida, though. Uh, I will say against Florida, in terms of, like, tempo and stuff, it felt like we went pretty fast on offense. Yeah. And which is – I feel like that's kind of a thing that you want – that you're showing, like, Tennessee is like, oh, we're, we our offense can go fast, all that stuff. But, you know, we'll talk about that more on, on Thursday. Well, but. I think Stat is really good when he gets in rhythm. And it's not even necessarily going fast. It's just – it's just kind of being a little bit more up-tempo. And, mm-hmm. and I think that's what Monken wants to do, and that's what every offensive coordinator really wants to do is get the guys in rhythm, keep them in rhythm. And I thought Stett got into a zone that first half. That was one of his best halves of the year. Yeah, he played good. Um, he did throw an, 
an interception. And if you're not watching on YouTube, uh, I got the quotation marks in the air. That was just an unbelievable play. Yeah. Like, I, I don't even know who's at fault there. Like, Dom, I thought, made a good play on the ball. He's coming down with it. And that dude, <laughs> that dude just took it. He just took it as they're rolling in midair. It was an unbelievable freak play that nobody's really at fault. You just had to tip the defense. That's one of those turnovers where you, you can you can live with those type of turnovers where the guy just makes an incredible play. Yeah. Um, let's see. What have we not talked about with this? I ain't got a whole lot more, man. I, mean, I just thought. I, thought I mean, AR. Cool. We can talk about how we how we played against that. I mean, I thought we contained him pretty well. I felt like the game plan went pretty much as as perfectly as it could have gone for for playing against him. Yeah, he didn't break out, break off any runs or anything like that. We didn't let him beat a, let him beat us with his feet. You know, he made. Yeah. He he had that one deep ball that really accounted for about eighty yards of his of his passing yards. Mm-hmm. I mean. No, I, like I said, defensively, man, I, th- I thought we played a great game, and and we have, we have some of the best defensive minds in our in our room. Two of arguably the best. Like it's, I, I just I go into any game not really worried about what's going to happen on defense, just because I mean it, I just they've earned my trust. This is a funny question here. As an opposing safety, which is more intimidating, Big O trying to tackle him after he catches the ball in a wheel route down the sideline, or trying to not get blocked by him on a sweep. You're screwed either way. You're, you're really <laughs> screwed. I would say I would say that trying to not get blocked by him on a sweep is more scary just because like if you're on the sideline you can like try to push him out of bounds you don't have to like actually like open field tackle him but uh, that's what I would say for that he's, I don't want that man coming too. at me with the He's force. great too man and I'm so happy that he's that they're rewarding him for all that he's done for the past 2 years of just having his hand in the dirt and just absolutely throwing blocks for us and they, now they're lining them up wide against corners and, and bless their souls because there is nothing they can do. You talk about a play that we need. If we need five, if it's third and five and we need a completion, just split him out wide, throw him the ball on a screen pass, and it's the A.J. Green. Stiff arm to five yards. That's yep. that's the easiest five yards we'll ever get, and we're doing it. We're splitting him out wide. That play was sick. I forgot do. about that play. That play was awesome. We've done it a couple will, times. Yeah, I will say, though, one play that I – it feels perfect in theory, but it has not really – it doesn't feel like it's worked every time this year is the Brock Bowers screen where he, like, comes yeah, – Something's weird about it. it it's just – it doesn't work. I've, I have I can pick out, like, three different times we ran and lost yards. And last year was an auto 10, I felt like. Yeah. And screen, it, I, but speaking of the screen game, though, it did look a lot better against Florida than it has in a while. Yes, it has. Because at the beginning of the year, it was like, this, I mean, our screen game is unbelievable. These guys are throwing blocks on the outside. And, and let's not forget that A.D. Mitchell is an elite blocker. So, like, having him back will help out a lot in that area, too. But we have good blockers on the outside. Screen game has been a little wonky. It looks like timing has been off with, like, Kenny. Timing has been off a couple times with Kyrus. And this game, it looked a lot more crisp, and we hit a lot of good plays in the screen game. Yeah, Kyrus made some plays uh, at the beginning of the game. He got a, got a few looks. Yep. Uh, I like to see that. You know, you, you want to throw it to your good guys, but you also want to spread the ball around. You know, you want all those guys to be in the game too. But you know, mm-hmm. obviously, when it comes to what like game like Saturday, you just gotta get the ball out to whoever's open. I'll be honest, Griff. Like I, I did love that game on Saturday, but it's it's tough not to talk about this Saturday. It so is, dude. Like it was so fun. I was in the game. I stayed till the very end. I waited for the players to come over there to the student section and say what's up to everybody. And I, you know, patted Stead on the back, everything. And 
Like, it's just – it's so hard. I, after that game, all I could think about was, oh, my God, we are about to have the biggest game ever in Sanford Stadium on Saturday. Just just to give you all a preview, and if you if you this first time listening, you haven't listened to us very much, I, I'm from – me and Griffin are from the last exit in Georgia. We are on the very last one on 75. The next one is Eastridge, Tennessee. It's – I grew up – Hating, hating, like y'all don't understand. I, I'm a, I'm an avid sports guy. I, I love all sports. I'm passionate about all sports. And the team that I hate most is the team we were playing Saturday. Yeah, it's I not can't even close even, either. I can't even muster up something positive to say about them in any scenario possible. I, I get texts from people so often this year about Tennessee. Even when we're not playing, we're not playing them. Obviously, I don't care what's even going on, and I'm getting texts from Tennessee fans. Oh, well, you know, Georgia's down to Missouri. What's happening? What's going on? You see that, Bama? Like, it's just people I haven't talked to since I graduated high school are texting me. There's no fan base like it. Y'all want to tune in Thursday because we're going to have so much to say. I'm so fired up. I can't even sleep right now. It's going to be an absolute war. And this is me and Griffin have dreamed up this scenario forever now. We've <laughs> always dreamed up a scenario like, oh man, I wish that we could just because when Tennessee's good, their fan base is on a different level. My church looks like a Home Depot convention right now. I'm not <laughs> kidding. I'm not kidding. It looks like a pumpkin patch. And they never ever freaking wear their stuff unless they win. It's the most cyclical. They want to say, oh, we're the best fan base in the world. They've sold out like not at, before last year, they sold out like once in the last five years. They're yeah. cyclical. They can say whatever they want. They're a cyclical fan base, and and they're back right now, and they're on their high horse. But me and Griffin have cooked this up forever. Like, man, I wish we could just ha- have Tennessee with all the hype in the world come in one year, and we just end it. We just step on their throat. And gosh dang it, we have that opportunity on Saturday. We have the chance to do it. It's going to be so – I'm so excited. There's no chance in the world that I sleep on Friday night. No. There's no chance. Chad, I Chad at – Chad poses this question: um, Is Tennessee the most mouth-breathing, knuckle-dragging fan base? Yes, they 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 are completely football ignorant. They they I mean, don't understand football. Here, here's the thing football. too: this is this is their fan base to a T, and a little pun there for you know the the T. But uh, I was we were coming back from Jacksonville, me and my girlfriend on Saturday on Sunday, and we pull into a Bucky's to get gas or whatever. I go into pee, all right? She's out there getting the gas pumped, everything. And this Tennessee fan, who I guess was just in his car when I walked when I walked in, he comes out, he sees that she's wearing a Georgia sweatshirt, and he's like, oh, you're, you're Georgia fan? Well, let's start shit talking now because we're going to beat that tail on, on Saturday. The Just, I mean, to a girl, it's a 50-year-old man. There's only one fan like, base that does that. There's There's legitimately only one. This is a fifty-year-old man just just shit talking a girl like yeah, at a, there's grown a, men that wear checkered overalls with no shirt on. That uh, I can't wait for Thursday. I have so much to say. I'm gonna <laughs> save some of it. I hate them. Just know that I hate them. If you're not following us on Twitter, do it now. Do it right now. This is if you're not following us on Twitter, this is the time to do it because I'm going to unleash demons. And, and <laughs> so help me God, if we beat them. When we beat them, I have so many bookmarks saved. Y'all might just want to mute me that night because I will explode. So, 
No one is safe after after Saturday if when we win that game. No it's, one is safe. No, it, it's going to be awesome. So come Thursday, guys. We appreciate y'all coming out. The Florida game was awesome. Always nice to beat those losers. So great game. Time to start prepping for Tennessee, uh, and and it's it's going to be an awesome game. And, and like we said from this from the jump, man, if y'all have to sell your tickets, please don't just go. But if there is some reason that you have to, contact us. And we will help you sell them to a Georgia fan or contact anyone. Like I, this isn't some raise the Baxter Street Boys awareness. I, I I don't care who you go to. Go to someone with a platform and get a Georgia fan to buy them. Keep the Tennessee fans, guys. They will sell their double wads to come to this game. They've been waiting on this for years. They they will mortgage their kids' future to go to this game. I they promise. will open a new. They will open a new credit line to buy this and not be able to pay it off. Because they don't care about what, what happens after. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Uh, it, it, well, again, we're going to get more into it, but we appreciate you guys coming out today. If you're not if you're not following us on Twitter, like I said, definitely do that and like this video and subscribe to the podcast. We appreciate you guys. And and definitely get on, on TurtleBoxAudio.com. And I want all the speakers you can get. I want y'all blaring some Georgia fight song on Saturday as there's some random Tennessee fans walking around. Bark as loud as you can bully them with the barks and have that turtle box on full blast bsb 10 for 10 percent all purchases um brooks is coming i think at 8 30 with a, with a film study so definitely hop onto that but like we said go dogs as always can't wait for thursday